0: you're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo development, and everything in between. All right, welcome to The Bounding Box. So today I have a great guest with me here. I've got David Hansen. So David, please tell us who you are, what you do, what's your problem?
1: Yeah, so uh, thanks for the introduction, man. Hey, thanks for having me on as well. So uh, name's David Hansen. I am the chief executive officer at GeoJob. We're a geospatial technologies company. Been Esri's business partner for quite a while, over 20 years. We've been around since 1999, but uh, I've been involved in the company for about the last 10 years, and um, I've evolved my role over time, which means my problem has evolved over time. <laughs> you know, I find that if you become a really great uh, GIS analyst, there's a time period back in the early 2000s where suddenly they wanted you to be a software developer. Is what happened so. That was part of my introduction, in, and, and you know that feeling, don't you, there?
0: Exactly, man.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I got in during, uh, on the software development part in like 06, 07, more like the Flex Silverlight days, and saw that transition to HTML, made that jump, uh, did everything I could, and during that time, uh, whenever I moved over to GeoJob during that process, we developed a lot of great products, uh, admin tools for ArcGIS was really big. We were first to market in the arcjs marketplace so i grew as a developer and they made me a product manager which felt a little different is what <laughs> happened there and i was leading a team and uh, learned a lot of soft skills so you know my problem changed from staying up on the latest technology to polishing my people skills and then uh you know after a time with product management i moved to vice president of software development so i was handling professional services and products. So that was a total mind change there. It went from always being able to uh, develop at our own pace, our own mindset and polish our products the way that we wanted to overseeing teams that were also doing work for customers. So different timelines, different pressures. Then uh, I became uh, uh, the chief operating officer of the company. And that's like a completely different world. (laughs) C-level executive and trying to run the company, watching it take off, watching it grow. But I enjoyed that. I took natural to it and I really liked it. And, uh, eventually, uh, I went to my business partner because I became a partner in the company at that time period, uh, Neil Job, who's our founder of Geo Job. and I went to him and I was like, you know, he's been, he'd been working at the company, pretty much keeping it going for, you know, almost 20 years at that point. And I was like, Hey man, I just want to step back a bit, go a little quiet with it. And he's like, yeah. So he stepped back and I stepped in, uh, became the, the, the majority owner. And in that process, promoted myself to the chief executive officer, brought some great people into the company during that time period. I've seen GeoGeo really grow from about a half dozen people to 50 plus people will probably be 60, 70 by the end of the year. So seeing how a company, a geospatial company can grow during that time period, my problem set has certainly evolved, particularly whenever I look at that customer base changing. Um, we serve 10,000 clients globally, 52% in the U S 48% international. So some of my recent problem sets are this, well, my customers are around the world. That means that the idea of Monday to Friday, eight to five doesn't really (laughs) exist for me because you know, my middle of the night's the middle of the day in Australia. So I'm, I'm thinking through that, how to solve it. And that has led to a problem that became an opportunity for me recently which is the idea that if I were to support my own products in 24 by seven, then I could support other people's products in 24 by seven, that I could grow that as something that not only we do, but something that we offer. So that's been a really big growth for the company over the last year or two, is focusing on this idea of being a products company, which was also a professional services company, the geospatial market, and now also being a support company because our own support became so powerful and so good at supporting our products that it made sense to start other people got interested. So that was really great for me. And that leads into my real focus, which is although we have a global reach, I want to affect change in my home state. And a lot of people don't know this, but I'm from Mississippi. I might not sound like what you think the average Mississippi sounds like, but I assure you I was born and raised here my entire life. But I'm from coastal Mississippi, which is a wee bit different. So, we're a suburb of New Orleans, just an hour away. Um, You know, we have the Stennis Space Center, which is a hub of geospatial sciences in our region. We have NAVO, the Naval Oceanographic Office, is based at the Stennis Space Center. So, we have a lot of technology, a lot of understanding here of technology, but we also had was a primary industry of entertainment and tourism. And for us, that manifested in the form of casinos. And this is going to sound like a bit of a joke of why I just jumped over to casinos. Well, there's an event that took place in all of our lives recently, a giant global pandemic. And during that, entertainment, tourism, these sectors became repressed. They ended up laying off people. They got rid of staff, and a lot of times, when those staff were reoffered jobs, they were offered either cut hours and they went from being a full-time employee to now being a part-time employee. They're offered cut benefits. They went from having some of the best insurance, health insurance that existed in my community to having middle to low-tier insurance. These This wasn't a positive step forward that took place during that time. And honestly, I feel some of the private sector may have been predatory in the way they approached the workforce during that time. So if I bring together the problems that I'm trying to solve, which is, now offering 24 by seven support as a professional services offering on top of our products. And I look at this, what is seen as a problem and a negative in my community of the staff at Casinos, which is our primary industry, not being utilized in the way they were, being underemployed or being returned, I saw an opportunity. And the opportunity I saw is I partnered with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College through Accelerate Mississippi, which is a program that does uh, labor increase workforce increase in the state and we took dollars from the BP oil spill from 2010 and we were able to apply some of those to develop a curriculum at the community college called GIS help desk one that no one has to pay to attend. If you're interested in it, you can attend it, you can move forward with it. And then what we did is we went to those casino workers that were slot machine techs, that were blackjack dealers, these people that are used to working nights, weekends, holidays, and working 24 7, exactly what you need for 24 7 tech support. We went to those people and said, Hey, how about a career change? And these are people that have excellent interpersonal skills because if you could deal with a drunk at two in the morning yelling <laughs> over what he thinks the bag hand of blackjack, then you could certainly deal with somebody who's having a bad day with their geocoder in ArcGIS Pro. You know I mean? That's not going to be a big deal at that point. So we know they possess those skills. And you might go, well, what about the tech skills? And I'm going to tell you something. If you can figure out how to be a slot machine tech, you could dang sure be taught points, lines, and polygons. That's that's not too hard of a jump there. So uh, for me, one of the really big uh, problems I've had recently is how to do my best to promote my community in Mississippi. And I'm seeing where there's intersection of opportunity and making that happen. I've heard it said that I'm trying to build a technological empire from what many consider to be the fattest, dumbest, poorest state in the union. And that's the God honest truth. No one does me any favors in this process. But I would tell you who does do me favors in this process, the great people that work at GeoJo. And it really is, I hate when someone describes their company as a family, because that's some toxic BS right there. But for me, it really is like a tribe of people that have come together with a common interest and and a lot of times a common background. We try to keep 80% of our hires within the state is what happens. We have 20% remote workforce. Most of our people work from home. This is a life-changing career opportunity if you're inside of Harrison County, Mississippi. And I think that if you find the right people, you can teach them the right skills. A lot of people in my community went to work at the casinos because it was the good job. In our community, I'm putting quotation marks around that (laughs) when they get there, they realize they're working in a windowless room. They're working in a smoke filled environment because casinos don't have windows. They're 24 seven and a smoke filled environment. So if I can get people out of that, offer them an opportunity, that's great. And then what we do is we use that support staff as a farm league. So we're teaching them while they're not answering phones or answering emails or live engages, they're learning software development. They're learning GIS principles. So those people then hydrate into our software development arm or into our ArcGIS Enterprise uh, arm, where we're going through and doing professional services on ArcGIS Enterprises. So we make it where it's not just a dead end job; it's a career. And that's what's big for me is sustainable economics. I think a lot of people who run companies are bottom line driven. I'm not bottom line driven. I don't try to maximize profits at GeoGeo. And you know. Any investor would probably cringe and run away <laughs> if they heard that, but I'm not looking for investors. I'm betting on myself is how it works. I'm more than good. I'm more than profitable. I, I don't need to make, to, to make an absolute wealthy killing. That's not what it's about. It's about impacting as many lives as possible, and for me, that looks at being middle-line driven. So if you look at a profit-loss statement, I want to increase overall gross revenue so I can hire more people or, heck, so I could donate it and give it away. That's what I want to do. I have plenty I can keep rambling on right there. You want me to keep going or you want to ask a different question? No, no, that's great, man. I keep on going. I mean, from everything you're talking about, I mean, it looks like you've
0: taken, you've seen every opportunity that you can take to improve not just yourself, right? But yep. improve GeoJob, improve your community, and everyone that you work with, right? So you're like, you're lifting everyone up with you, which is yes. amazing. And it's, it's something I really admire about the work
1: that you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, there's an old African proverb. It says that if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And that that really resonates with me, that if we're to create that goes back to the idea of sustainable economics, where if we are to be able to create that which is healthy and good and sustainable, we have to do it together. And although it takes a position of myself as a CEO, as a leader, a good leader empowers other people. A good leader is only there to help. Is what we are here to do. Like that—that that should be it. That should be the overall goals. There's something that I tell everyone in the company. And we have a Monday morning meeting, and it's it's one of the few times I get to really stand in front of the company and say something. We all get, you know, on a on a hangout. We're all talking. Everybody's able to overlap. You have a 24 seven shift. You can't make it. It's fine. But you know, everyone would try to make it if you can. And what I tell everyone, if I have nothing else to say that week, is that we are all broken humans. Everyone. Everyone walking around is a broken human. we are all incomplete. We're a puzzle, missing pieces, misshapen pieces. We are a conglomeration of all these experiences, and oftentimes the most impacting experiences are traumatic ones that take place. I've had a lot of trauma in my life that has led to develop me into the person that I am, and you have choices to make. Do you want to let that rule you, or do you want to let it fuel you? And I try to make it fuel me. So what I tell everyone is that on monday morning you have nothing else to say is that we are all broken people and we're all trying to find our way so keep that in mind when you're talking to our customers keep that in mind whenever you're talking to the people around you when you're talking to your coworkers. when you're talking to your family and when you're talking to me because i'm not above that you know and try to manage up a bit try try and help me with this process you know so that's what we always talk about is the idea that um in a way it is our imperfections that can make us great if we allow them to lead us forward so Polishing, polishing, polishing. Mind if I talk about a few things that we donate to that are close to me that I care yes, about? Yes,
0: please do, man. Let's get into it.
1: Yeah, perfect. So when I talked about being middle line driven, and I talked about you know uh, the idea of not being bottom line driven, I start out the year with an idea of the maximum amount of money that I want to, to make as a company owner, which is a very weird way to think in capitalism. Uh, so I go anything beyond that, like it's too much profit burn it get it away like i would it's poison is what happens for me because that's what leads to to greed is what goes on there so as a result there are a lot of um there are a lot of charities that we donate to but this is resonating with me because there's a quote from dune are you a fan of Dune? i've seen the latest movie but not the first Uh, one (laughs) i haven't read the books either i'm sorry yes (laughs) So here's what I got from the books. Uh, there's a quote that says, "The wise man observed that wealth is a tool of freedom, but the pursuit of wealth is the way to slavery." And that keeps that. That's why it's important for me to not be ruled by the concept of greed. There, and that's why I I'm I know I know what's going to make me comfortable. I know it's going to be good. So anything beyond that, we really try and interact with different things, in the community. And one one group that really resonates with me and matters for me and and you know, maybe a little bit self-preservation because I'm trying to build a tech company in Mississippi, uh, is the idea of the Mississippi Coding Academy. And what the Mississippi Coding Academy does is without having to pay a tuition, they will take people from disadvantaged backgrounds, second chance career people who've worked in other fields and then coming in, uh, and they will teach them software development. And GeoJob got with them and basically said, when they came to Mississippi Gulf Coast, because they have two campuses that are already successful in the northern part of the state, when they came to Mississippi Gulf Coast and they came to Biloxi, uh, we even worked with the city of Biloxi, and they have a great mayor. Right quick, quick aside, the mayor of Biloxi goes by the name Fofo Gilch because he was given Fofo is a nickname that Elvis gave him as a child, is what it is. And Fofo uh, was a software developer that really made his fortune in like the late '70s and like the '80s and everything. And the Unified LA School District, he wrote all the cafeteria software for it was one of the things. Oh wow. So he, yeah, so the mayor of Biloxi is an old programmer. So this is like perfect, right? And you wouldn't think that in Mississippi. Like the mayor like is a guy who went out, made his fortune in technology, came back, and is helping his community to what's going on. So, you know, me and Mr. Gillich get along very well. I do try and uh, speak at a slower tempo in these uh, type of meetings because feedback that Fofo gave me, he talks very fast. And he said <laughs> that what he likes about me is I'm the only man from Biloxi that can talk as fast as he can and still get what I want out of the crowd. So um, that's what I like about Mr. <laughs> Gillich. So, you know, talking to the city of Biloxi and whenever Mississippi Coding Academy was going there, we went in and we donated all their computers, did a capital cash donation to them, all this stuff. And then I went in and I spoke to their first cohort. And we ended up hiring about a third of the first, first cohort to come over to GeoJo. So uh, I spoke to the first cohort and when I was in there speaking to them, I saw the chairs that they were sitting in. Now, as a software developer, you know, a chair is a very, very vital uh component to to your work environment they were oh, sitting yeah. in folding chairs learning oh. to be software developers i know so um i went and uh we then we did another donation just to get all of the really nice chairs and we put uh we put rollerblade blades on the bottom of them so it rolls really really great you can buy them on five pack on amazon yeah it will change your life as a software developer you buy a five pack you pull them out slap them on it's so awesome having those rollerblade wheels Uh, So the Mississippi Coding Academy is really, really big for me. We hire people out of that. It's a nonprofit. You know, we've done everything we can to support them as much as possible. We also do a lot of work with uh, local robotics teams for, like, the middle school and the high school, now even down to the elementary school level that we're going to support this Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We supported the first all-female robotics team from Mississippi to make it to nationals. That was pretty awesome. That's cool. yeah. Yeah. So that was great. And it was from uh, uh, central middle school in 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 Gulfport, Mississippi and Central Middle School is located on the west side of Gulfport, which is where I'm from. So that's primarily a minority community, you know, primarily disadvantaged background. You know, myself personally, I'm the first one in my family to graduate from high school, much less college. My mom worked at a sewing factory when I was born, getting paid piecemeal or whatever I was growing up. And my dad was a sheetrock finisher. So, uh, you know, going and putting sheetrock in homes and everything like that. So uh, for me, graduating from high school and then going on to go to college and graduating from honors college and having such a depth of study, a background in geography and geology, computer science, and, and comparative religion, that was another area of study for me that's come massively <laughs> in handy as I've evolved as a person. Um, you know, that was really great for me. And I guess that part of it, too, is if you were to look at me originally statistically, I should be a failure. You know, I was born to a teenage mom and, you know, a high school and a middle school dropout and did not have that much economic opportunity afforded to me. Yeah. So maybe that's why I choose to to put that on my shoulders and go with it and see what happens and give chances. Because I know if no one gave me a chance, all that potential would have been wasted. So that's why, you know, the coding academy, robotics teams, that cares, that matters to me a lot. And speaking of the west side of Gulfport we have funded the aviation museum summer camp locally where um you know they have this summer camp for aviation aviation history and training and everything and we at geojo provide our uav team to go over there and talk to them but also we provide a grant program where any child from the west side of guffport can go to that summer camp for free is what we do that's amazing so that's, yeah you know, my, my, little, my little sister's daughter, so my niece, she has a, a friend that went there. And she said after going to that summer camp, it inspired her to be a pilot. She didn't know what she wanted to do growing up before that. And this is like exposing people to different occupations that can move it out. Because a lot of times, the first thing that's needed for something to take place, for change to take place, is the idea that it is possible. Yeah. If all you've ever known is what your parents did, then that's who you thinks think all that's possible. That, that, that's the bar that exists for you. You know, thankfully, my parents have me the idea that more was possible than where we work currently. And that's part of what you know, has brought me out of poverty. The, uh, this thought process also of ensuring that more is possible is important with what I'm doing with these tech support jobs. Because once again, the casino industry was the good jobs in my community. So everyone thinks that, well, you know, I mean, my dad was a blackjack dealer. I can be a blackjack dealer. That's what I could do, you know. But now it's, well, I could go work at GeoJo because I know my cousin or my older brother works at GeoJo, you know, and that's what we've seen. You know, we have a really great individual that uh, came from the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College that, uh, you know, with a software development background, but he's totally awesome, you know, and, and now his brother wants to come and work there because, because it's an opportunity now, you know, so we love that. And also on the Aviation Museum, they're really big. I don't have a lot of time to talk here, but I do want to say, if you get an opportunity to look up a guy, John C. Robinson, he was called the Brown Condor of Ethiopia. He's from Gulfport, came from an entirely disadvantaged background. You know, black guy that was it was he wasn't allowed to be a pilot basically because he was black. So he taught himself to be a pilot. Uh, Went and made his own plane at one point. Wow. Crashed it, but made his own plane and went to Ethiopia and taught people taught basically the equivalent of their air force over in Ethiopia. So so seriously, like look into that guy, you know, John C. Robinson, the brown condor of Ethiopia. Look that up. And that's part of a big part of why we have an aviation museum here is his background and how that really resonates with a lot of our population. You know, uh, another thing that's really important to me is a group we do work with called the Back Bay Mission, and they focus on the unsheltered and unhomed population in Harrison County. They started out working with Croatian immigrants that were coming over to work in the oyster and the shrimp industry, and then they uh, moved over to even working with the – then later on in the 1960s, you had the Vietnamese population, uh, which came here after the war in Vietnam. Uh, a lot of them came here because of the Keysport Air Force Base and Naval Construction Battalion with heavy military presence, and shrimping was there. And I'll tell you, really, really a funny thing as a geographer, is we ran into a cultural integration issue between the Vietnamese shrimpers and our shrimpers that are in Harrison County. Because Harrison County has a coastline that runs east-west, but Vietnam's coastline runs north-south. So all the Vietnamese shrimpers are used to shrimping north-south, and the Harrison County ones are used to shrimping east-west. So we ran into a wild integration in the 1960s, 1970s, (laughs) where we had to figure out, are we going to shrimp east-west or north-south? so wow. <laughs> you know, yeah so you know back bay mission then evolved its mission not just to be focused on those that were living on the back bay which is the area where a lot of the shrimpers would live on their boats where our boat population is or they would live in in you know a uh, single family residential or multi-family residential as close to their boats uh you know as things changed and and the casinos came in and they bought up a lot of that territory to build their casinos because all of our casinos are built south of the mean t- mean high tide mark which is another thing I get into at one point about geography and politics and money and how that works in the state, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, as the Back Bay evolved to instead being an entertainment district, the Back Bay mission changed what it was doing. It still works with the population that, uh, you know, works in the shrimping, and the oyster community, but now it focused on the unsheltered and unhomed. And we're working with them on a capital campaign to try and get our first overnight shelter in Harrison County. Wow, okay. right now, yeah. Right now there's a day center, you know, where you could go, you can shower, you can wash your clothes, you could, you know, put together a resume, but there's not a place you can sleep. So, you know, we're working on uh, the idea of getting an overnight shelter, right? You know, if there's like, if there's a hurricane coming in, there's cold weather, you know, of course people band together in their shelters during that time, but there's not a permanent overnight shelter. And that's something we'd like to see a change on. So
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just a, uh, a place to sleep, right. To yeah. just rest can do wonders. Uh, when you're in that situation, right? We decrease have to anxiety, Yeah, you know, like,
1: yeah, a safe
0: place to sleep. You can always find a place to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially if you're out there trying to to find work or something like that, I mean, you just, you, you need to get that overnight sleep somewhere
1: safe, right? That, that's right? I think that's a big thing. So, you know, the myth of the dream for me, what would be far out is the growth uh, economically to the point to where we could take someone who all the way from the Micah Day Center and then an overnight shelter that we helped work on in the community, get them in a free jobs program through the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College or through the Mississippi Coding Academy, depending on the path they wanna take, employ them at GeoJob, get them a home, get them a paycheck, get them an environment, and then have that person turn around and help two to three other people. That's the myth of the dream. That's what we wanna work on there. That is an amazing goal, Dave. That's amazing. Uh, Hey, man, that's what I'm trying. You know, if I told you my real dream, uh, <laughs> it, you know, I don't think you'd be surprised by anything at me at this point, but uh, my goal eventually is if, you know, let's say I have an exit strategy in you know, 10, 20, 30 years, or maybe it keeps on going, but I've handed off the company for other people to run. Uh, I want to found a financial institution, a bank that focuses on giving loans to my community, to people who traditionally would not get loans at that point. So uh, I basically want to make the equivalent of a bank that only makes a little bit of money, like that's <laughs> it. Like, so, you know, that's, that's me, man. I have really weird ways of thinking about capitalism, um, you know, and, and maybe it's because I started with that software development background and I'm always, trying to, I'm always trying to solve a problem in a way, got that brain, that gray matter trying to work, so.
0: Hey, well, yeah, that's great, man. De- definitely something to admire and I hope uh, other people take that message too.
1: Yeah, and you know, I admire everything that you've done, man. You know, in the early days when I was getting started, uh, it was really like you and Monsor and like a couple of others where I was really reading those blogs and, and those entries and thinking about it. And you know, it's really inspiring for me. That that's what made me think it's possible to do some software development there, right? So oh, that's great. So man. That, it's a common story, man. And we're all we're all interconnected. There there ain't no few ways about it. Like the hey, there we go. Now you know I'm from Mississippi. I said eight in the middle of it, there ain't <laughs> two ways about it. Um yeah, but, you know, I, I appreciate the time that you've given me here a Platform to be able to talk. I appreciate that a lot, you know. So.
0: Of course, man. Any time at all, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And before I just you go, respect your time, I know yeah. you're a very busy fellow here. No worries, But man. with everything you've already dropped for us and stuff, if there's yeah. any other tip, trick, or suggestion you have for people, and you know,
1: related to anything at all, what would you yeah. tell people? You, there's two things that matter. There's three things that matter. You got to care. You got to have a system and you have to make a little progress towards your goal every day. There's going to be hard days. You'll wake up and and God knows I've been throwing some hard days, but you wake up and you just say, I'm just going to do a little towards that goal. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to make it a habit of making the goal. And, you know, gratitude is the biggest tip too. There's any time you're presented something and you're given it, you can see it as a obligation or as a problem, or you can find what you're going to have gratitude for. I try to, every night, find three things that I'm thankful for that happened during that day. Like, that's just big for me. No matter how bad the day was, I can usually find three things. And that, that rewires your brain. And if you have appropriate neuroplasticity, that's going to make it to the point of being able to create this habitual understanding and optics of the universe to be able to go, hey, change is possible, growth is possible, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what I got. Like that, that's the key to it, man. Like that, that's it. So if I could tell you something and if I could plug one piece of software that I love also, yeah, please. Uh, it is Notion. If you have not used Notion, Notion is like the ultimate ability to throw together a microsite of like apps and tracking and, and keeping everything at one place. I love that software uh, so much. Um, I was a Trello person for a long time, uh, but Notion has stolen my heart with the ability to put everything that I want into it. So I do things like I have databases of quotes in there that I want to look at. You know, I have um, my goals for the year in there. I have my, I have, that's where I do my thankfulness journal. You know, like I have, I have a handwritten one of like what's going through uh, with my life and everything, but, but that's where I keep track of these forming good habits, you know, and, and honestly, just, just try to find your tribe, find your people, come together. There's, you're never alone in the world. You're never alone. No matter how much you feel like you're alone, you're never alone in the world. You could, you could find, you could find your tribe, just do it. Like work together, just do it, be a tribe, work together as a group and be thankful as you're part of it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a great message, David. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You have a good day, man. You too, bud. Thank you for listening to the Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.